0: Hello and welcome to Anywhere's Very
1: Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon-Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers, Ben T. Travers on the Twitters.
0: And happy Monday. Um, last night, if you dug in with your HBO programming the way you should because you're a good person, we saw some beginnings of ends and some ends and some ends of beginnings. I'm not totally sure.
1: No, I think that's all right. Yeah?
0: Yeah. So and I know that you guys expect that we're going to talk about the leftovers. That probably will come up at some point in this discussion. It definitely will. Yes. Um, ben is here for this reason.
1: That's why I've been put on this earth.
0: To talk about the leftovers?
1: I don't have a purpose in eight weeks, guys. So if you got any pressing business to attend to with me, I, I, I don't know what it could possibly be. But you know, send those queries my way.
0: Yeah. But uh, let's start off, though, by talking about the fact that Girls is finally over.
1: Um, what what is this girls you speak of?
0: It's it's a show on HBO. It's uh, it's co- attracted a little controversy over the years. I don't,
1: I don't think. Are you sure? Yes. It, I don't think so. They they devoted an entire program to women.
0: I know it feels weird.
1: That feels unprecedented. I feel like we should honor this show by by talking about it. Perhaps even instead of talking about other important television shows, or at least focus on it strongly
0: Um, that's a pretty
1: big deal it's over yeah it's ended yes there's no more girls yes what did they have like do they have a replacement show ready oh Uh, big little lies no wait that's over too
0: yeah um what's in so this morning so far I've I've described to Ben the plots of the following things um I have described what happened in the scandal hundredth episode last night
1: that made no sense at all
0: I've described uh, the girls finale, and I've also described, uh, I've also described the plot of the book. Um, the mo- There's a monster at the end of this book from Sesame Street.
1: It's true. Liz has been recapping all morning. Yes, it's been kind of strange since we don't do recaps at IndieWire.
0: We don't. Well, not not like on the actual website. Right. But I'll explain things to you.
1: It's true. I need it often. And it, <laughs> obviously. <laughs>
0: Without going too much into the spoilers, Ben, what was your reaction to my attempt to explain what happens at the end of the girls?
1: Um, at the end of the girls, how did you? I think you framed it by saying, "My face should be on a poster for skeptics or something." Or um,
0: you should be. You could be the cover of Skeptical Magazine. That's
1: it. Much better. Um, yeah, because the way that the way that it sounds like this ending came about is that it is it is definitive in a way and. Uh, definitive in, in the sense that it's providing an ending to the aspect of them being girls they are they're moving on from girls to being women or from children to grown-ups adolescents to adults um, and it's it's in a an interesting way a, a way to me that sounds like it could be taken in a number of ways and since girls has always been a somewhat controversial show um, or at least produced controversial opinions I should say um, I, I expect there to be a lot of discussion about this mm-hmm. right now as you're listening. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, fair?
1: people.
0: I mean, I think the thing about <laughs> girls is that it's always been a lightning rod for people for controversy, and it's a combination of having executive producers who occasionally will say things that are go a little beyond the pale. Um, and, to, uh,
1: and it's also the the problem of our own media culture in which we cannot accept certain things that we shouldn't have a problem accepting.
0: Yeah, that said, I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like there's a, we under underestimate the number of real actual girls fans there are out there, like people who, for whom these, these characters did mean a lot, and the show was really important.
1: It's fascinating to me how many different kinds of girls fans there are, because there's obviously the ones who... Are fully devoted and just think it's the best show and totally understand it it's their perspective on screen and blah, blah 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 there's others who are on the other side of the radar who are you know occasionally infuriated and that's why they keep coming back um, and then there's so many little gray areas in between because the show covers such a, a an immense trajectory of opinion and thought and cultural identities and and mm-hmm. uh, you know millennium millennial thoughts, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, I'm probably the biggest girls' fan on staff, and my engagement with that show is, you know, casual at best, I would say. But, yeah, I mean, there are people who are, like, genuinely – they just are, like – they. I think it really comes down to the characters. Like, they really either engage with them in like, the case of Shoshana or do not engage with them in the case of Marty. Um, Fair enough. So, anyways, the point is that – at least girls kind of knew exactly what kind of ending it wanted to have, and it went
1: for it. Well, yeah, and it is interesting to look at it in the concept of, of an ending because mm-hmm. not only is it a season finale, but it's a series finale. Um, this is you know, the end of a show very bluntly called Girls, and there's been discussion about that. I believe it was Apatow's idea, right, to call it Girls?
0: I think so. Basically, the way it evolved was it was just being – I think it was a joint co- – decision between them but they basically they realized during the development process that they just kept calling it the show the girl's show Mm. and so that's where the title came from and if you look at what Judd Apatow likes to title his projects it's hardly shocking that they went with something so blunt and direct Right,
1: right and he's joked about that before and obviously it's this one worked out pretty well whereas I still feel like love just is one of the worst titles you could possibly have for a show. It's so hard to track down information on that unless you know the specific name. It. I'm the only the only
0: show that technically is worse in terms of Google ability is review.
1: Yeah, review that's a good is point. a nightmare. Yeah, that one's very tough. Episodes is actually pretty tough too. Yeah. Um. But. Um. Yeah. But no, the, I mean it it, it. it. Sorry.
0: Oh, I was going to just quickly say, uh, I actually, it, when I was interviewing Judd Apatow uh, about the show Love, um, I actually, I was just like how, are you, how are you feeling about the title still And he's like i like it it's like when you see a restaurant that just advertises food that calls itself food like you know you're going to get food there um
1: yeah it's i mean it's all encompassing
0: yeah sorry i didn't mean to interrupt
1: no no no. i was interrupting you but um but no it's just i mean it is it's interesting to look at girls in the context of it of it coming to a close and i mean you've just identified yourself as a as The biggest office or the biggest fan in The Office, and I'm probably the least biggest fan in The Office, and that's by no means means I dislike girls or don't respect girls. I think it's a Mm. tremendous accomplishment. I just it's one show that infuriates me in its kind of ambiguity, and for how much I love shows about ambiguity, that is a problem for me. Like, I, I just it, I feel like it's throwing itself out there without providing enough guidance to get you to an answer mm-hmm. like one way or the other uh where opposed to shows with kind of brilliant ambiguity or or brilliant endings with ambiguity in them uh, it just doesn't it, it leaves it open without giving me the knowledge that it understands what it's doing
0: and i think that that's i feel like the the i feel like that's a huge issue with the show i've always felt like the show is at its best when you understand completely what the show thinks of its characters, and those those are that is not a consistent thing over the course of its run. Um, I mean, you can say all you want, like you can have like other characters call them assholes as much as you like, but you know these are still like the the core four women in the show, like are still like our protagonists who we follow and all that. Yeah, um, no,
1: I, that's the thing. Like, there's the The way that this speaks to a very specific audience, um, and obviously a very passionate audience, that's really what matters here. And the fact that it doesn't speak to me that way is not a reason to criticize it. It's it's more of a reason for me to abstain, which is what I've been doing. And that's why Liz was the one describing to me the ending of the series, rather than you know me taking the time to watch it myself. Um, but it is it's important to have these discussions about endings because they're kind of the 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 closing sentence. They're the they're the last thought. They're mm-hmm. the final word. You know, however you want to think about it, this is the when you think about the end of a show that it, it is a strong impact. And deciding when to end it and and how that ending comes about is a very big deal for a lot of different people and and it, it's different from show to show. Girls kind of had a a setup with its title all along that it could end as soon as they weren't they didn't see themselves as girls anymore. They mm-hmm. they moved past that idea of adolescence, um, but it it also didn't have to end that way because everybody's kind of got a different idea of where these characters lie anyway. They've got a different kind of acceptance as to you know just how much they've grown or you know what it means to be a grown up or what it means to have you know more adult priorities. And there is a scene in the finale, as again Liz described to me, that does seem to speak very directly to the idea that the idea that there are problems you have when you are younger that you do not have when you reach a certain age Mm -hmm. and acknowledging that once you've hit that age is a wake-up moment like that is a moment where you kind of sit back and look at yourself You're like wow I I can't believe that's what I spent my time agonizing over whereas now I'm agonizing over this and what's interesting to me about that kind of moment is that I don't think one's better or worse than the other I don't think there's I don't think there should be any sort of like chastisement that that goes into saying, well, I was so stupid when I was young to think about this. No, it matters. Like All of those emotions are are stuff that kind of builds your character and turns you into somebody. Um, So kind of ending it with that idea in mind is a very complex, and again, uh, something that I think will spark a lot of good discussion once Girls gets out there and everybody sees it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, In terms of like. You already yelled at me once about bringing it up, but in terms of like having like a very clean ending set out versus what New Girl did just recently. Jesus, yeah, Ben's favorite hate show.
1: I, listen, I, I've gone over New Girl a number of times on this podcast, and I'm sorry for that. Um, but the problem with New Girl was never really its ending. It's it's a show. It's a show that always wanted to be friends. Um, and it never really quite got there. But even Friends had a, had was a little bit reliant on the Ross-Rachel dynamic. And that's what they always worked towards as their ending. After you got into, like, season five, season six, and, mm-hmm. and saw what was going you knew the ending of the show was going to revolve around whether Ross and Rachel got together. You were just waiting it out. New Girls tried to sustain this idea with Nick and Jess, but their mistake was that they already did it. Mm-hmm. Cece and Schmidt were the Ross and Rachel of New Girl. They just didn't fucking realize it while they were writing the show or they did and they somehow decided that it was important that the only way they could figure out how to keep this serial serialized aspect of the show going was by creating another relationship or forcing another relationship um and we don't know if new girls over like it, it ended a couple weeks ago with its season finale things happened related to both Cece and schmidt and nick and jess again the Cece and schmidt stuff worked the nick and jess stuff did not um, I went over this in the, the finale two years ago when Schmidt and Cece got married, and it was so obvious that that was where it should have ended because that was the culmination of the show. Um, so yeah, it, it doesn't have a clear ending. They're forcing an ending on it, which has always been the problem with the show because the ending is the relationship. I don't know if this is the ending that they just gave us, but it still feels like even if it continues, the ending will revolve around Nick and Jess again, Like, and they're going to keep pushing that. So I don't think it needed that I don't I don't think it needs to have that kind of ending it could have had a it could have had like a parks and recreation ending where you just kind of get a glimpse of where these people are headed and you trust that that's that it's going to be okay and that you're going to feel and you're going to feel good about it because it's a sitcom it's a comedy that that that's what it's it's designed to make you feel good Mm -hmm. um and that's all it needed to do but it's Twist itself into something ugly.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's never, it's not, it's like kind of the worst case scenario when you like Liz Merriweather talked about how she was asked, basically told, write like it's your last episode, or write write this like it could be your series finale. But she wasn't officially told that. But she wasn't officially told that it is the series finale. So it's kind of like this awkward, you know less good option from both sides. Oh yeah
1: and, and that's kind of the other side of it. Like the, the other side of the problem with endings is whether or not you get to choose your ending. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Lena Dunham and like they, they knew it was coming like, I think
0: I think officially like the season five renewal came with like we're gonna get seasons five and six and then six is it
1: yeah I mean the, for a very long time whether it was then or slightly later we've known all season they knew when they were writing the whole final season that this was their ending so they've, they they've known it and that matters there's a lot of examples of shows that have been cancelled or um you know kind of given a last minute, hey, you better wrap this up kind of thing uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, obviously don't turn out as well as if you can actually if you can plan it out. But from the perspective of knowing, like from the perspective of, of more of the girls' side of things and obviously the leftover side of things, um, they're going into their third and final season. They've right. designed it to be the final season. They asked specifically for it to be the final season. Um,
0: now, I wonder about that just because do you feel like if – HBO had been like, no, we want a fourth season. Lindelof would have had a, would, would have thrown a fit or anything?
1: Yeah, because he's, he, he was the one who made sure that Lost ended when it did. He Mm -hmm. wanted it to end earlier. He still contends that it went on at least a season too long, even though he's very, very, very proud of, of what they did and what they accomplished for that show, as he should be. Um, but he has always been adamant about things not going on too long. And that, Shows in his work like that shows in the individual episodes and mm-hmm. how tight and compact and, and fraught with tension that they are. Um, so no, it's it seems pretty clear that they got a nice boost in season two, they were invited to come back. Um, and then he asked specifically, well, he and Parada and leader and everybody who's really involved, they wanted this to be the end of it, and that's what they constructed. Um, and obviously, that's that's the best case scenario. You want the creative minds behind the show to mm-hmm. be the ones uh, who are ending it. Um, And I I can't remember where I read this, but in one of his interviews, he was discussing this as being kind of coming down the hill, I think is how he described it. Season two, they were in the thick of it. They got up to the top of the mountain, and now they're coming down the other side of it in Mm -hmm. terms of, like, what they need to accomplish Uh, for these characters, like where these characters need to to find closure or or find an ending. And it'll be fascinating to see exactly how that comes about for a show that is obviously obsessed with ambiguity in terms of the big picture questions. But those personal questions and those personal stories are what really matters. And those do get resolutions. They've gotten resolutions every season for everybody. Uh, And there's going to be more of that, obviously, with the final eight. But I think it's interesting to talk about kind of... Those decisions, like mm. the decision for Lena Dunham to say, yeah, we want five and six. Six is going to be the end for for uh, Prada and Lindelof to look at the leftovers and say, we want we're going to take that one more season, but we only want eight episodes. That's going to be the end of it. And then on the opposite side, for a show like Veep, where the creator and the showrunner left in season four, and it's not to say they could have easily wrapped it up. In four seasons. I mean, I think they probably could have if they wanted to because it's a comedy and they had a a nice cycle going there. But it worked. Like they extended it into season five. Uh, Last year was brilliant. It won the Emmy again for Outstanding Comedy, well deserved. David Mandel stepped in and just did a bang up job along with Julia Louis Dreyfus and a big team of writers. And even after season five, there were people who saw that finale and looked at it and said, that kind of feels like a series finale. We have Selena. Spoiler alert, if you're, for some reason, not caught up on Veep. Um, we have Selena, post-presidency, she lost the election, she's sitting on a table, she's staring out into kind of the abyss, like, just, what the fuck do I do next? And that's where that season ended, and, and you're left wondering that same thing, but it also could have been mm-hmm. the point. It could have been, well, she's spent her whole life doing something, and she failed, and that's that's it. And instead, they've, they've pushed on, we're in season six now, we're coming out the end of it, um, it's it's exciting to see that it's exciting to see them tread new ground as opposed to take an easy out because the easy out was given it was right there it was like well that's a fine way to end it we can end it there and instead they want to keep going with these characters and they want to you know delve into what it's like to be a president post-presidency especially one who didn't succeed in the way that she wanted to and you know, it's not the easy ending. Whereas, you know, you could it, girls is never going to be an easy ending. But at least the idea of it and like where you could end it was a little bit easier to identify.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting with the girls finale that um, it is not hard at all to imagine them coming back and doing like a revival, of, like in five, ten years. Like it's it's left open enough for that. And but yeah, I mean, with with Veep, how much of a reboot does it feel like for you? This new season,
1: I think the best way for me to describe it is um, when you started season five. Mm -hmm. There's this great, kind of, kind of one shot. It's it's a longer scene where Selena starts in the Oval Office. Gary's there. I think Ben's there, Um, and slowly she starts like some a couple people pop in. She starts walking out. They're doing like a walk and talk. And, like, every single character comes together. Like, the whole Meyer staff meets up in this brilliantly orchestrated you know, <laughs> perfectly blocked, very fast-paced, witty, you know, formally executed, perfectly formally executed uh, shot and story and scene. Um, and you get that kind of rush because you just like, everybody's together. Everybody's right where they want to be. They're trying to accomplish something. They're struggling. They're awful human beings, so we know they're going to fail. But... There's that joy in kind of seeing them all together. Season six starts, and basically everybody is torn apart. Mm-hmm. They're all like the band has broken up. They've scattered to the winds. And there's no real sense that the purpose of the season is to get the band back together, which right. would be the easy thing to do. That may happen. I, I think in some ways, certain aspects of that will happen and when they keep overlapping with each other. or People kind of keep moving around and finding their place but it does feel like a new beginning because it is literally a new beginning for selena and then because her staff was tied to her it's the same for them so it's it's a bit of a I mean it's not a reboot but it's a bit of a, a fresh start
0: yeah i mean i like a show i feel like there's a danger with shows when they especially like when they like try to go really dramatic in their season finales and they split up the entire team of whoever and then like Either it, there's it's always always really hard to balance how much time you spend reuniting people at the beginning of the next season. I feel like there was a recent example of this where I was like, oh my god, just get them back together already. Yeah. Like, and I can't remember what it was.
1: Well, you always have that kind of, as an audience, you have a natural inclination to go back to the familiar, to go back to what right. you've seen and know works and is a trusted source of, of everything. And it's TV. Like, it's ongoing. You want to kind of have that comfort. Right. Um, the fact that the first three episodes, at least of Veep, have been able to overcome that desire to make you laugh and to you know to you know, stroke your creative ego and, and yeah. make you feel like you're fully engaged in that same way, uh, that's an incredible accomplishment. So I I'm very interested to see how far they take it and where what you know and th- th- they're, this isn't the last season of Veep. They no. want to keep going. So it's I mean they're pushing far past the ending that would have been easy to take and they they're making more. Harder roads for themselves, and somehow pulling that shit off.
0: I will say that I am less bothered now than I was initially by the idea that the show is called Veep when she's not a Veep. For some reason, some reason, my literal lizard brain kind of was bothered.
1: Yeah, it never. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It never, it never bothered me because <laughs> the mentality that they they set up for her as Veep, like when she was the vice president, and how. Much she coveted that power, and she would never get it. And she was in this place absent of power, and she was a puppet being thrown back and forth. Um, like, that's who she's always going to be. Like, that, that, that mentality is always going to be as- ascribed to the show and to this character. So uh, when she became president, even it was the same story. Now it's the same story. So it, it it works.
0: Yeah. By the way, I've been a little distracted because I've been trying to find this tweet that Dan Feinberg from The Hollywood Reporter sent. Um, did you see this? How he made some joke on Twitter about how the title for Episode 8 of The Leftovers, Season 3, is a, a you know a, com- a completely unambiguous resolution that will be both emotionally and religiously satisfying.
1: Um,
0: it was a good joke. Um, apparently some channel guides have picked it up. Oh, God. And so they're actually listing that as the title of the episode. And I kind of want, like, we don't know what it's called yet, right? No. Have you dug, done your deep analysis of what all the episode titles mean yet?
1: They're obvious. They've always been obvious.
0: Yeah. Um, so, but do you have a guess as to what the, the eighth episode would be entitled?
1: Oh, no. You, you, don't, you don't know until you see it. Like, right. you, we know the episode titles and I've seen them and they make perfect sense as soon as you watch the episode. Right. But they also, they make perfect sense in that kind of beautiful way where some of them sound like word scrambles mm-hmm. until you see it. And then other ones are very blunt. Like obvious, <laughs> this is kind of a cheeky response to you know what what is heavy lifting going on in the episodes. So
0: what is the title of episode five?
1: Of season three. Yeah, it's a Matt 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 world.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, that's a good ep- title for that that's episode.
1: Probably their best of the season. It's very very good. Yeah. Like I, that's the thing. Like they they are very open to having fun with the titles. So mm-hmm. the pitch from Feinberg is not a. Is not outside the realm of the possibility. No, it,
0: it feels legitimately like an episode title that that Damon Lindelof would use.
1: The only problem with it is that it's not a meta show, so they're not going to speak to that. They're going to have they could have fun with that idea, but right. they would never make the title something as as direct reference to the show itself instead of the characters and what's going on with the people.
0: I would. Here's my pitch for an episode title that I has already been written, and thus I have no control over this. Where all the people went. Yeah, do you, do you have an idea for what you'd want it to be called?
1: No, I don't. No, I I'd, I feel hypocritical saying this, considering for the first two seasons of the leftovers, I wrote an ep, I, my episode reviews consisted of um, facts, facts, Sorry. questions, and theories, um, and then the theories portion to me was <laughs> was. It was more fun. I, I never really wanted even to be right about the theories. Mm-hmm. And this year I'm, I'm not doing them because, I mean, I, I kind of know most of what happens. So I don't want to That is people. the consequence of getting um, seven
0: episodes at once.
1: Right. Um, but also it's the idea that you'd spend your time guessing or predicting the ending of this show doesn't speak. It speaks to the opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. Like it, you're not supposed to binge it, as Lindelof said. You're supposed to sit with it. And the, the application of it is what matters, not the ending. like the it's the it's the journey, not the destination. Um, so I, I, w- I know I will be happy with whatever they decide to do with it uh, in terms of an episode title and in terms of probably the ending itself. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I've been spoiled on a couple of things, but I'm not not spoiled on that. I'm happy.
0: Are you there's no way we're getting that screener,
1: is there? No comment. Really. No idea, no comment.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, But I mean, I think (laughs) we should probably end this discussion. Um,
1: End the endings. Yes,
0: and end to endings. It's
1: easy for us to determine when to end things because, I mean, we have a clock, so we just look at it. We're like, well, we've talked enough. I've ranted (laughs) long enough. Yes, But yeah, I mean, I think the idea of this is is an interesting subject. And to throw out a very controversial opinion that we will not elaborate on. I do hope there is a Big Little Lies season two.
0: Really? Absolutely. Well, now, what what kind of vision do you have for it?
1: I don't have one. And the the, the briefest explanation of this is, for the night of, HBO is just letting Steven Zalian sit there with his partner and figure out if there's a story for it. Right. And if they decide there is one, they will do it. That's it. And that's exactly how they're going to handle Big Little Lies like of course HBO wants more like right. it's a great show and it made it you know it got a ton of great ratings it's hopefully going to win a lot of awards but if you if we don't trust the people who created the first one to create more then what the fuck are we doing here mm-hmm. like I, I mean it's one thing if it's like if it's a true detective scenario and you're losing valuable members of of that consensus but even that's an anthology series so i let them do it let them do it
0: Well, The Night of did have a second season in its original UK version. Yeah, Um, but it was a very different story. Yeah, yeah. We'd probably just get Box and Totoro back if they went that approach.
1: Well, again, it's not like it's whatever they want to do with it. They're not, they're not, uh, they're not required by the by the inspiration, by HBO, by anybody. It's their their story. They're going to run with it, and that I. I can't think of a better way to approach storytelling. If they want to do it, let them do it.
0: It's a be- beautifully privileged, uh, you know, not privileged on your part, but like having the privilege to have that uh, opportunity is. Oh, yeah, really...
1: they, they earned it. Like these people earned it. They they've they made a great great first season of television, or they made a great block of TV, and if they want to do more, they should get to. That's the nice thing about TV.
0: Mm-hmm but you would prefer to see the same characters come back?
1: I don't care how they want to do it. Mm. However they want to do it is fine. Interesting. I'm just saying if they if they think there's more to the story, tell it.
0: Yeah. But that only works if you have trust in the creators. Yeah. All right. I think like maybe we'll make the question of the week. Uh, you know how you feel about what, about Ben's approach? Like you know, should there be a Big Little Live season two? If you want to email Liz at indiewire. dot com or Ben at indiewire. dot com uh, to let us know, please do.
1: And if you want the other very well reasoned side of that argument, yeah. uh, Han Wen, uh, Indiewire's own, put out a great article about why there should not be more. Um, yeah. So feel free to check that out on the site.
0: Yeah. And in the meantime, Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week?
1: Uh, best thing I watched last week was the Path season finale, Liz. Aww. And the best news I heard last week was that the Path was getting a season three.
0: You were really worried about that. I was
1: very concerned. <laughs> I was very, very concerned. Uh, so I'm so excited that they're gonna they're gonna bring it back. It had a cliffhanger ending. Um, so they and I remember talking with Jessica Goldberg, the creator, like way back mm-hmm. like at the TCAs. And I asked her, I was like, hey, you did a cliffhanger here. And she's like, yeah, we did. I was like, okay, well, here we go. Uh, so we'll get to see a, a nice uh, continuation of that. And it's it's a beautiful show. Um, I think it's a perfect partner in and spirit to The Leftovers. So you've got that ending the week The Leftovers started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you watch some Leftovers. Uh, you'll be able to watch Handmaid's Tale, which is something I'm sure we'll talk about soon. Um, there, there's a lot of great TV going on right now if you uh, want a little bit of I don't know, religious storytelling. <laughs> spiritual enlightenment. Oh, well. Heavy drama.
0: Yep. Yay. Ben's favorite. Love it.
1: Yeah. Let's dig into those emotions. Mm-hmm. Let's dig up those repressed emotions, people. Liz, what was the best thing you watched last week? The Handmaid's Tale. Figured
0: Yeah. I've been I've been not able to talk about it for a very long time. And I watched the first episode like at the end of December. Um so this is Haymesteil. Um very good, very good show. Um very, very very good. Um I will say that it is not as it is not while it technically takes place within a religious theocracy, um the show is very not really engaged with issues of religion. Um basically it's like the 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 biggest the biggest aspect of the religious art uh, concept is that beyond the fact that they're directly referencing the Bible with this you know, new world order that that's been created, but in just a very specific way. Like, what's interesting is uh, something I think Bruce Miller was talking about at TCAs, which is the idea that it's not like they believe in, like, this is a very strict religious order that only believes in its own interpretation. So there's no room for outside thought.
1: Um, oh, wow. I mean, that doesn't sound like anything. Related to Meyerism, where you're an outcast if you dare to question the, the, the teachings of Stephen Meyer.
0: Yeah, you don't get dead <laughs> quite so much <laughs> in, in, in The uh, Handicuts, too. Wait, what? You don't get co- dead quite so much in The Path. Oh, yeah, you do. It's a literal death sentence if you don't agree with the regime, then.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> we're getting into spoiler territory now. Okay. We? But is. I'm not yes, saying
0: being, be, being The Path is, like...
1: <laughs> <laughs> there are literal death sentences handed out. From from Meyerism as well.
0: Okay, but more in the Handmaid's Tale. I'm not
1: I'm not debating the more. I'm just saying there is a connection here. Okay,
0: fair. Um, yeah. How Hulu- religion Hulu-
1: affects our society and how we live is is a theme of all of these shows.
0: <laughs> Maybe I want to like sometimes I you want to just call up Hulu and be like, is everything okay? Like, do you need to talk to someone?
1: Well, I, again, we we talked about this briefly before the podcast started, but I I think the people who do engage in these stories who create these stories probably have the best, the most healthy mentality in terms of the discussion around it. Because I think you'd have to if you're going to live with it as long as they did and think it over as thoroughly and then create these monstrosities. Like Tom Parada, lovely, charming, very funny human being. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, He can never speak to somebody's mental health, really, but uh, he seems like he's in great shape. So <laughs> maybe the Hulu people are doing better than the rest of us.
0: Maybe, but yes, The Handmaid's Tale is extraordinary. Um, I have watched the first three episodes and I have links to more, and you'll be reading a lot more coverage on it. But our first review was went up this week, and or last week as you listen to this. And yeah, it got cray. Um, but it's an, you know, cast is amazing. You know, Elizabeth Moss, uh, Samara Wiley, Joseph Fines, Yvonne Stravowski. Uh, Anne Dowd, your friend of mine, um, all these great people. And it, it is just beautifully bleak, bleak show. Um,
1: That's the only question I asked when <laughs> I got that invite to the Handmaid's Tale premiere. I was like, is Ann Dowd going to be there? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, OK, I'm coming.
0: She's going to see you. She's going to be like, Ben. Hope so. I mean, <laughs> the Handmaid's Tale premiere is going to be hilarious because uh, I have always had a pretty firm, like, dislike of red carpets and working them. And I would say hypothetically out loud in the office, like there is no one I would do a red carpet for, like pretty much no one. And it turns out that's not true. I will do a red carpet because it's the only time they're going to let me talk to Margaret Atwood. Margaret Atwood is apparently the person that will get me to do a red carpet, which is fascinating to discover about myself.
1: We all bend and break our own rules, Liz.
0: Indeed. Ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? I
1: mean, The Leftovers, obviously.
0: <laughs> You've seen all you, so much of it. There's
1: at least one more, <laughs> and I get to <laughs> revisit least, it.
0: At least one more. That's
1: really exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. But I, no, I, I'm actually, um, I need to dig into uh, a new Lifetime series called Mary Kills People.
0: Ah, are you going to review that?
1: Uh, Yeah, I, I've i spoken with a few critics uh, who are pretty high on it. Really? On their, they, I think it was Maureen, I think it was Mo Ryan, who put out something that said specifically, "Hey, I'm I'm calling your attention to this show. We need to pay attention to this show." And I was like, "All right, well, I mean, the Queen has spoken. I'm I'm gonna check that one out."
0: Yeah, um, that's been on my list to check out as well. Um, it and looks really it looks really good.
1: Sunday the twenty third.
0: Yeah, there. Carolyn so. Devernis is an amazing talent. She was amazing on the show Wonderfalls. Uh, she had a very fun role in Hannibal. And a strong female director taking the reins and directing all the episodes.
1: Yeah, I think that was the only thing I knew about it, um, slash know about it. Right. So I'm very excited to go in blind. Love watching stuff blind. Cool. It's going to be fun. So anyway, that's next for me. Uh, There's obviously so much content this week. Uh, Yeah. Fargo's coming back. I think people probably have heard of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, Liz. What uh, what else are you looking forward to?
0: I'm gonna keep the uh, Brian Fuller connection going, and Sam. I'm very excited. I think I, I think I can. American Gods can be the next show I check out. That's not the Leftovers, or the Handmaid's Tale. Um, but I'm looking forward to American Gods.
1: Man, that's far. That's Sunday the thirtieth.
0: Yeah, but but screener privilege uh, gives me an advantage there.
1: Well, no, yeah, right. i not understandably not. It, this is not outside of our realm of picking the next things we're looking forward to watching. Yeah. Uh, it's just I always, it's always fun to look at the premiere dates, and then for me, it's looking at all the things that come out between some of the stuff, like where it's just like, wow, there's like eight shows we've got to review before that thing hits, and it's I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. By now the embargo's broken on American Gods, yeah. so I can say
0: it's pretty good. <laughs> Lots of penises.
1: Yes. Not the most penises, but there are a few penises.
0: What has the most penises, been?
1: I really want to say The Leftovers, but I'm not sure if that's true. What did I just watch that had a lot of
0: penises? More series regulars show their penises. Yeah.
1: I just watched something.
0: That had a lot of penises in it? Yeah.
1: What did i review this week liz what what did i review this week i don't know it doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter the point is pretty soon we're not going to have to talk about penises because it's just going to be common it's just going to be like yeah there's a dick on that just like there were boobs in that other show like it's it's working up to the point where now it's not a thing anymore so
0: the normalization of wang way to go people yep
1: feminism <laughs>
0: And you can read all about that stuff and more uh, on IndieWire.com, where, where there are also news, reviews, interviews, and features that don't relate to Wang. Uh,
1: not enough. Asterix, side note, we're not guaranteeing that there's other things, other content outside of Wang content on, the, on IndieWire. <laughs> Indeed. I, will not, I will not make that promise. Right. Uh, nor will I promise that uh, Screen Talk with Ann Thompson and Eric Cohn will not dig into the intricacies of Wang on the big screen uh, in their weekly podcast, which you should be listening to, nor will I... Dismissed the idea that Michael Schneider will invite a guest on to "Turn It On" podcast and specifically talk about penises for a good thirty minutes.
0: You, you kind of That was a very complicated, uh, you know, statement there. But I'm glad you worked through it.
1: I've had my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Great, <laughs> which both inspires inspires the creativity that is soon doomed by my inability to follow through on it.
0: <laughs> Hooray!
1: Hooray! Um, Huzzah!
0: And you can find Ben writing all about this stuff and more on at Ben T Travers.
1: You can find Liz writing about it probably more than I do uh, at Lizlet. That's with an I and then an E.
0: Correct. We'll be back next week, and in the meantime, you guys,
1: happy leftovers weekend,
0: and keep watching television.